Chapter Ten of the Ocean of Theosophy by William Q. Judge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Unless we deny the immortality of man and the existence of soul, there are no sound arguments against the doctrine of pre-existence and rebirth, save such as rest on the dictum of the Church that each soul is a new creation. This dictum can be supported only by blind dogmatism. For given a soul, we must sooner or later arrive at the theory of rebirth, because even if each soul is new on this earth, it must keep on living somewhere after passing away, and in view of the known order of nature, will have other bodies in other planets or spheres. Theosophy applies to the self, the thinker, the same laws which are seen everywhere in operation throughout nature, and those are all varieties of the great law that effects follow causes, and no effect is without a cause. The soul's immortality, believed in by the mass of humanity, demands embodiment here or elsewhere, and to be embodied means reincarnation. If we come to this earth but for a few years and then go to some other, the soul must be embodied there as well as here. And if we have traveled from some other world, we must have had there too our proper vesture. The powers of the mind and the laws governing its motion, its attachment, its detachment as given in the theosophical philosophy show that its re-embodiment must be here, where it moved and worked, until such time as the mind is able to overcome the forces which chain it to this globe. To permit the involved entity to transfer itself to another scene of action before it had overcome all the causes drawing it here, without its having worked out its responsibilities to other entities in the same stream of evolution, would be unjust and contrary to the powerful occult laws and forces which continually operate upon it. The early Christian fathers saw this, and taught that the soul had fallen into matter, and was obliged by the law of its nature to toil upward again to the place from which it came. They used an old Greek hymn which ran, Eternal mind, thy seeding spark, through this thin vase of clay, athwart the waves of chaos dark, emits a timorous ray. This mind unfolding soul is sown, incarnate germ in earth, in pity, blessed Lord, then own, what claims in thee its birth, far forth from thee, thou central fire, to earth's sad bondage cast. Let not the trembling spark expire, absorb thine own at last. Each human being has a definite character, different from every other human being, and masses of beings aggregated into nations show as wholes that the national force and distinguishing peculiarities go to make up a definite and separate national character. These differences, both individual and national, are due to essential character and not to education. Even the doctrine of survival of the fittest should show this, for the fitness cannot come from nothing, but must at last show itself from the coming to the surface of the actual inner character. And as both individuals and nations among those who are ahead in the struggle with nature exhibit an immense force in their character, we must find a place and time where the force was evolved. These, Theosophy says, are this earth and the whole period during which the human race has been on the planet. So then, while heredity has something to do with the difference in character as to force and morale, 
swaying the soul and mind a little and furnishing also the appropriate place for receiving reward and punishment it is not the cause for the essential nature shown by everyone but all these differences such as those shown by babes from birth by adults as character comes forth more and more and nations in their history are due to long experience gained during many lives on earth are the outcome of the soul's own evolution a survey of one short human life gives no ground for the production of his inner nature it is needful that each soul should have all possible experience and one life cannot give this even under the best conditions it would be folly for the almanji to put us here for such a short time only to remove us just when we had begun to see the object of life and the possibilities in it the mere selfish desire of a person to escape the trials and discipline of life is not enough to set nature's laws aside so the soul must be reborn until it has ceased to set in motion the cause of rebirth after having developed character up to its possible limit as indicated by all the varieties of human nature when every experience has been passed through and not until all of truth that can be known has been acquired the vast disparity among men in respect to capacity compels us if we wish to ascribe justice to nature or to god to admit reincarnation and to trace the origin of the disparity back to the past lives of the ego for people are as much hindered and handicapped abused and made the victims of seeming injustice because of limited capacity as they are by reason of circumstances of birth or education we see the uneducated rising above circumstances of family and training and often those born in good families have very small capacity but the troubles of nations and families arise from want of capacity more than from any other cause and if we consider savage races only there the seeming injustice is enormous for many savages have good actual brain capacity but still are savage this is because the ego in that body is still savage and undeveloped for in contrast to the savage there are many civilized men with small actual brain force who are not savage in nature because the indwelling ego has had long experience in civilization during other lives and being a more developed soul has power to use the brain instrument to its highest limit each man feels and knows that he has an individuality of his own a personal identity which bridges over not only the gaps made by sleep but also those sometimes superintervening on temporary lesions in the brain this identity never breaks from beginning to end of life in the normal person and only the persistence and eternal character of the soul will account for it so ever since we began to remember we know that our personal identity has not failed us no matter how bad may be our memory this disposes of the argument that identity depends on recollection for the reason that if it did depend alone on recollection we should each day have to begin over again as we cannot remember the events of the past in detail and some minds remember but little yet feel their personal identity and as it is often seen that some who remember the least insist as strongly as the others on their personal identity that persistence of feeling must come from the old and immortal soul viewing life and its probable object with all the varied experience possible for man 
one must be forced to the conclusion that a single life is not enough to carry out all that is intended by nature to say nothing of what man himself desires to do the scale of variety in experience is enormous there is a vast range of powers latent in man which we see may be developed if opportunity be given knowledge infinite in scope and diversity lies before us and especially in these days when special investigation is the rule we perceive that we have high aspirations with no time to reach up to their measure while the great troop of passions and desires selfish motives and ambitions war with us and among themselves pursuing us even to the door of death all these have to be tried conquered used subdued one life is not enough for all this to say that we have but one life here with such possibilities put before us and impossible of development is to make the universe and life a huge and cruel joke perpetuated by a powerful god who is thus accused by those who believe in special creation of souls of triumphing and playing with puny man just because that man is small and the creation of the almighty a human life at most is seventy years statistics reduce this to about forty and out of that little remainder a large part is spent in sleep and another part in childhood thus in one life it is perfectly impossible to attain to the merest fraction of what nature evidently has in view we see many truths vaguely which a life gives us no time to grasp and especially is this so when men have to make such a struggle to live at all our faculties are small or dwarfed or weak one life gives no opportunity to alter this we perceive other powers latent in us but cannot possibly be brought out in such a small space of time and we have much more than a suspicion that the extent of the field of truth is vastly greater than the narrow circle which we are confined to it is not reasonable to suppose that either god or nature projects us into a body simply to fill us with bitterness because we can have no other opportunity here but rather we must conclude that a series of incarnations has led to the present condition and that the process of coming here again and again must go on for the purpose of affording us the opportunity needed the mere fact of dying is not of itself enough to bring about development of faculties or the elimination of wrong tendency and inclination if we assume that upon entering heaven we at once acquire all knowledge and purity then that state after death is reduced to a dead level and life itself with all its discipline is shorn from every meaning some of the churches teach of a school of discipline after death where it is impudently stated that the apostles themselves well known to be ignorant men are to be the teachers this is absurd and devoid of any basis or reason in the natural order besides if there is to be such subsequent discipline why were we projected into life at all and why after the suffering and the error committed are we taken from the place where we did our acts the only solution left is in reincarnation we come back to earth because on it and with the beings upon it our deeds were performed because it is the only proper place where punishment and reward can be justly meted out 
because here is the only natural spot in which to continue the struggle toward perfection toward the development of the faculties we have and the destruction of the wickedness in us justice to ourselves and to all other beings demands it for we cannot live for ourselves and it would be unjust to permit some of us to escape leaving those who were participants with us to remain or to be plunged into a hell of eternal duration the persistence of savagery the rise and decay of nations and civilizations the total extinction of nations all demand an explanation found nowhere but in reincarnation savagery remains because there are still egos whose experience is so limited that they are still savage they will come up into higher races when ready races will die out because the egos have had enough of the experience that sort of race gives so we find the red indian the hottentot the easter islanders and others as examples of races deserted by high egos and as they are dying away other souls who have had no higher life in the past enter into the bodies of the race to go on using them for the purpose of gaining such experience as the race body will give a race could not possibly arise and then suddenly go out we see that such is not the case but science has no explanation it simply says that this is the fact that nations decay but in this explanation no account is taken of the inner man nor of the recondite subtle and occult laws that unite to make a race theosophy shows that the energy drawn together has to expend itself gradually and therefore the reproduction of bodies of the character of that race will go on though the egos are not compelled to inhabit bodies of that sort any longer than while they are of the same development as the race hence a time comes when the whole mass of egos which built up the race leaves it for another physical environment more like themselves the economy of nature will not permit the physical race to suddenly fade away and so in the real order of evolution other and less progressed egos come in and use the forms provided keeping up the production of new bodies but less and less in number each century these lower egos are not able to keep up to the limit of the capacity of the congeries of energies left by the other egos as possible the race in time dies out after passing through its decay this is the explanation of what we may call descending savagery and no other theory will meet the facts it has been sometimes thought by ethnologists that the more civilized races kill off the others but the fact is that in consequence of the great difference between the egos inhabiting the old race body and the energy of that body itself the females begin to be sterile and thus slowly but surely the number of deaths exceed the births china itself is in process of decay she being now in almost stationary stage just like before the rush downward great civilizations like those of egypt and babylon have gone because the souls who made them have long ago reincarnated in the great conquering nations of europe and the present american continents as nations and races they have been totally reincarnated and born again for greater and higher purposes than ever of all the old races the aryan indian alone yet remains as the preserver of the old doctrines 
it will one day rise again to its old heights of glory the appearance of geniuses and great minds in families destitute of these qualities as well as the extinction from a family of geniuses shown by some ancestor can only be met by the law of rebirth napoleon i came in a family wholly unlike him in power and force nothing in his heredity will explain his character he said himself as told in the memoirs of prince talleyrand that he was charlemagne only by assuming for him a long series of lives giving the right line of evolution or cause for his mind and nature and forced to be brought out can we have the slightest idea why he or any other great genius appeared at all mozart when an infant could compose orchestral score this was not due to heredity for such a score is not natural but is forced mechanical and wholly conventional yet he understood it without schooling how because he was a musician reincarnated with a musical brain furnished by his family and thus not impeded in his endeavors to show forth his musical knowledge but stronger yet is the case of blind tom a negro whose family could not by any possibility have a knowledge of the piano a modern instrument so as to transmit that knowledge to the atoms of his body yet he had great musical power and knew the present mechanical musical scale on the piano there are hundreds of examples like these among the many prodigies who have appeared to the world's astonishment in india there are many histories of sages born with complete knowledge of philosophy and the like and doubtless in all nations the same can be met with the bringing back of knowledge also explains instinct for that is no more than the recollection divisible into physical and mental memory it is seen in the child and the animal and is no more than the result of previous experience and whether we look at the newborn babe flinging out its arms for self-protection or the animal with strong instinctual power or the bee building a cell on the rules of geometry it is all the effect of reincarnation acting either in the mind or physical cell for under what was first laid down no atom is devoid of life consciousness and intelligence of its own in the case of the musician bach we have proof that heredity counts for nothing if the ego is not advanced for his genius was not borne down his family line it gradually faded out finally leaving the family stream entirely so too the coming of idiots or vicious children to parents who are good pure or highly intellectual is explained in the same way they are cases where heredity is set at naught by a wholly bad or deficient ego and lastly the fact that certain inherent ideas are common to the whole race is explained by the sages as due to recollection of such ideas which were implanted in the human mind at the very beginning of its evolutionary career on this planet by those brothers and sages who learned their lessons and were perfected in former ages long before the development of this globe began no explanation for inherent idea is offered by science that will do more than say they exist these were actually taught to the mass of egos who are engaged in this earth's evolution they were imprinted or burned into their natures and always recollected they follow the ego through the long pilgrimage 
it has often been thought that the opposition to reincarnation has been solely based on prejudice when not due to a dogma which can only stand when the mind is bound down and prevented from using its own powers it is a doctrine the most noble of all and with its companion one of karma next to be considered it alone gives the basis for ethics there is no doubt in my mind that the founder of christianity took it for granted and that its present absence from that religion is the reason for the contradiction between the professed ethics of christian nations and their actual practices which are so contrary to the morals given out by jesus End of chapter 10